Welcome to the Mary Gostolo Girl Ahead podcast, the weekly unique insight into luxury hospitality around the world by those who know it best. Produced by Allmont Global and brought to you by JetX. Upgrade to a class above first and enjoy the freedom of travel with JetX, a global leader in private aviation inspired by luxury beyond compare. Wherever you wish to fly, JetX can take you there in utmost safety, comfort and style at your own schedule and pace. Whether on business or leisure, the world is yours to enjoy with JetX. Tina Edmondson is rather like there was an old woman who lived in a shoe who had so many children she didn't know what to do. Tina oversees all 30 brands for Marriott worldwide. But you know what? She has time for every single one of them. She is the most lovely hotel leader, big smiles, so down to earth. Hear my chat with her now. Tina, what do you actually do? I'm the global brand and marketing officer at Marriott International. And what that means is that I'm responsible for, um, I'm responsible to hold, to keep the health of the brands vibrant and relevant. Um, and I'm also responsible for marketing um, all of the 30 uh, brands that we have in the Marriott International portfolio, inclu- inclusive of Marriott Bonvoy, which is our loyalty program. I'd like to talk about loyalty later, but goodness, you have 30 children. You would be in the Guinness Book of Records. Um, you're not actually in that uh, global uh, record book when it comes to overall concepts of lifestyle. Um, Procter & Gamble has 65 brands, interestingly divided up into 10 areas. I was looking at Diageo, which is not up to you. They have about 25% of the total 60 global liquor brands um, but you have 30 how do you give your attention and I'm talking hotel brands not loyalty at the moment how do you decide which of your babies is going to get breakfast service today well um I think all of my babies need to get breakfast service today. So, um, you know, the, the, the thing about having multiple brands, Mary, in my view, is it's not about having too many brands. It is about having brands that are meaningful. So as long as the brands are meaningful and relevant to consumers, uh, you have to take care of the care and feeding so that they continue um, to stay relevant. We've, uh, we look at our brands through a couple different lenses. There's obviously the tiers, and so you have the luxury, the premium, and the select tier, and we offer different levels of services within those. But then we also look at it through the lens of classic brands that, you know, that offer sort of timeless um, service and experiences and distinctive brands, which are brands that have a unique um, point of view uh, within that particular tier. 
and we have um, set up our organization so that we have experts in those areas to tend to the care and feeding and giving breakfast, if you will, to each of my babies. Do you think that each brand has a similar lifestyle, sorry, has a, a similar lifespan, or are some short livers and some are really going to become centenarians? And what do you do to the ones that you think perhaps are less relevant? So, you know, we want our brands to to be centenarians. Uh, we want them to, um, to live for a very long time. But every brand, no matter where they sit in the portfolio, has to evolve because our guests' behaviors are evolving. You know, uh, culturally and socially, the world around us is changing. And the brands have to keep up with that. And so I would say, depending on where the brand sits in the portfolio, its lifespan or life cycle um, sort of is guided by what is going on in the world. And we do do a fair amount of work um, every year to do a, a couple of things. One is sort of assess the health of the brand and then figure out what we need to do in order to keep the brand moving forward. Now, if we switch to a bedroom, some hoteliers say that the lifespan of a typical bedroom is seven years, but you can do soft furnishings in between. You can invest in a new cushion. Can you do that with an entire brand too? We, yes, uh, we absolutely can. And again, depending on the brand, we think about that as we create the bedroom or as we create the design strategy. So a good example of that is Moxie. Moxie is a brand that we launched, oh, I don't know, um, five, six years ago, five years ago maybe. Um, and the way that the design strategy is created so that it is uh, sort of like shopping in a magazine or from a magazine where you, know, you can go through and say, hey, I, I need new cushions. Uh, using your um, example there. And I'm going to show you a variety of cushions that fits with that decor package. And so depending on what has what's worn out in the room, you can you know select um, and mix and match a bit, if you will, um, so that you, keep, you always keep that room uh, looking very fresh. Now you're talking about you. How do you bring consumers into what a new brand should be and or how how a brand could evolve, Tina? So, um, you know, consumers, uh, I would say, have become so digitally savvy. Um, They find us and they are doing their research um, to understand what the experience is going to be like when they are at a hotel. And, you know, to me, the key, Mary, is, uh, is transparency. We want the guests to know what they're going to expect when they get to the hotel. And so, you know, doing that on the website is a wonderful way to, um, to increase that transparency. What age group, Tina, is the most likely to offer you, offer you ideas proactively? You know, I, I don't think it's so much an age group, Mary, as it is a, you know, there are people that just lean forward into 
um, you know, innovation or into the lifestyle space, etc. So it's more sort of a, a psychographic that tends to, um, you know, give you ideas. We have ideas coming from, you know, 50-year-olds and ideas coming from 20-year-olds. And it really doesn't matter where it comes from. It is really in those people that have passion and are inspired uh, to share their inspiration. Are these people more likely to be true loyalists, to be part of Bonvoy? I think that anyone who takes the time to give you feedback, whether it's positive or negative or inspiration, is much more committed because they're taking their time to share feedback. So yes, I would say so. Um, in the case of something goes wrong in a restaurant, a restaurateur is going to be far more likely to get a negative comment than a positive comment. Is that the same, do you think, in contacting you about a hotel brand? I would say by and large, yes. Although I would also say that, you know, people will never contact us when they are satisfied but they will contact us when they're delighted. Oh, how lovely. I love that word. Are you going to do another brand called Delighted? I don't think there is one. After all, you've got a long way to go to catch up with P&G, with its brands, which brings me back to brands. There are some other multi-hatted names like Uh, LVMH, for instance, that specifically keeps each of its brands in individual silos. There is no cross-brand marketing or awareness. Each brand competes with each other brand. With you, it seems to be different. You are stressing so many of your brands, and each of your brands seems to be promoting its siblings, I think. Am I right? You are right, Mary. We, uh, we don't follow the LVMH model, although I have huge respect for what LVMH does and their success and always look to them actually for inspiration from a brand and brand strategy perspective. But our model is a bit different and we don't, com- we don't have brands or We are trying to set it up so that the brands do not compete head on, which is why we are trying to carve out space for each brand that is a little bit unique. So even if it's in the same tier, you know, how can we appeal to a slightly different psychographic um, and so, so that the brands are not competing head on with each other? You know, the, the other thing, Mary, in that example of LVMH is We, sh- we actually share a lot of um, fundamentals across the brands. And so, you know, in certain cases, I like to say we're using the same chassis, um, but we are creating a different car. Um, and so that we are able to, uh, you know, share some of the learnings, share some of the best practice. We maybe even share some of the costs, uh, you know, across the brands but still have quite a different experience that a consumer would um, be exposed to. When you've got two of your brands that are close to each other geographically on location side, 
do Bonvoy members go to the brand that they feel happiest with or does location play a key role? And how about the role of the general manager and perception of a property? A really great question, Mary. Um, yes, absolutely. Location plays a main role. So where, and particularly, um, I would say both for the business as well as the leisure traveler. So the leisure traveler may have a bit more flexibility, but a lot of times the business traveler sort of needs where it needs to be where they need to be, whether it's, you know, hey, I'm going to a convention or I, I have a meeting in this space and I don't have a lot of time. So location plays a role. But where we have brands that are geographically in the same um, uh, vicinity, if you will, the customer will always choose the brand that resonates with them emotionally. So if I'm a um, if I'm a traveler that is very very focused on my well-being and on my health routine, etc., I would probably choose a Westin before I chose um, an autograph collection, as an example, or a Marriott hotel. Now, if I'm really the type of traveler that loves the independent feel and you know wants to not be sort of part of a <clears throat> chain sort of experience, I would choose autograph collection because those things are important to um, to me as a traveler. So it goes back to the brand differentiation and appealing to the psychographic of a particular customer segment. I'm and then good. I'm sorry, on the, the, your question on the GM. The GM, Mary, in my view, plays the most important part in the experience of a, um, in, in, in a, in guest experience. And I know from being in this uh, business for as many years as I have been, uh, the, the GM sets the tone for the hotel. And when you have a really well-run hotel, you know that the reason for that is the general manager. You are talking theatrical language, and this is so close to my heart because to me, every single one of your um, people, and we're talking now about so many people you have working with you. What is it? 121,000 employees around the world. They are not just working. They're part of the Marriott family and they're performing. Every day is different for them. And I see your GMs. I think of Hong Kong where we've got the W Hotel and the Ritz-Carlton in the same building. Um, but they have such different personalities and you are smiling at the thought of the personality that comes into your property. I am smiling because that is exactly what we want. We want, uh, we don't want the brands to be, to be uh, homogenous. We want them to feel uh, distinctly unique and to my earlier point, you're going to make a selection on the brand of the hotel based on what you are in the mood for, frankly. One day I might be in the mood for a Ritz-Carlton type experience. 
um, you know, the next weekend I might be, uh, you know, out with friends and, and want a, a, quite a different experience and choose the W. And that's what our portfolio promises with our um, sort of depth and breadth of the offering that we have is no matter where or why you travel, we have a brand for you. That's fine from the consumer's viewpoint. Let's go back to those great general managers. How quickly can a general manager who's been running a Ritz-Carlton put on a W mentality other than taking off a tie and um, getting rid of a few words? How long does it take for a general manager to switch roles? So Mary, not every general manager can make a transition to another brand. Um, And what we try to do really, even in our selection process, is be very honest about what the what the brand personality is and what it entails. The the last thing we want to do is try to fit a a square peg in a round hole. Um, So so it's really important that emotionally and psychologically that the candidate feels like they can be part of this other brand, whatever the other brand is. Um, And uh, to be honest with you, general managers will self-select. They will say, hey, that brand is not for me. I can't feel passion for the brand. And quite frankly, between you and I, I don't want I, I don't want a general manager that is not completely immersed and passionate about the brand and about what they're doing because they're not going to be able to do a great job in that case. Well, Tina, I still don't know how you manage all those 30 Marriott brands around the world. You're amazing. Thank you for sharing those thoughts. Now, all of you out there listening with me to these exciting people, I have another interesting name coming up, Lorenzo Gianuzzi. Yes, as Italian as you make them, is the brains behind the Forte Village collection. At Forte Village itself, He has brought in sport and wellness and the most amazing eating. And now Forte Village is expanding and it's got a dedicated wellness resort to another historic property. You come and listen with me next time as I'm chatting to Lorenzo Giannuzzi. You've been listening to the Mary Gostolo Girl Ahead podcast, produced by Allmont Global in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide and the ShareCare Health Security Verification Solution, and brought to you by Jetex. Wherever in the world you need to travel, Jetex offers expert solutions and guidance to make seamless global connectivity possible, even in the most challenging times. Join us next week for another exciting insight into the world of luxury travel. And don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about the show.